Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows and see if they're still good. See if there's something wonderful in there. See if they somehow mean something in today's loaded political context. <laughs> That's a different intro than we usually use. I'm, you know, I'm trying some things out. We no, can expand, I like it. I like it. <laughs> we can be more like Vice, I think. <laughs> let's do some like dirty journalism. Let's, let's not. <laughs> <That's> okay. <awful. laughs> I'm Robert Larone. With me, as always, is. Linus Maximus. Oh. I try to do a Rob thing there. I try to like change my name to suit the context. That's my deal. I will fight you. <laughs> In a ring of combat. Yeah. And JM is not here. JM did not survive the first round. He was killed by a warrior named Petrioch. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a, and he a mace was dragged to around the face. <laughs> mace to the face. It hurts when, when your death rhymes. That's the worst part <laughs> yeah. of dying like that. You don't want to die like a joke. But he's not here this week. He's come down with the flu. So it's just... Oh. One on one, <laughs> mano y mano. Blame That's versus Italian. Rob. <laughs> yeah, in the Coliseum to talk about Gladiator. Oh, I'm glad we we're talking about a movie that like <laughs> plugs into all our, our things we've been saying. That's it could nice. be a Roman vacation. <laughs> Do they go to the Coliseum in that? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into that, we first want to thank our sponsor, Hello Fresh, and you can use the Rewatch Fifty code to get fifty dollars off your first box. And we also want to thank our Patreons. They're the people who give us one, three, five dollars a month, and it helps us out. It spurs us on into the battle. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I can't wait till someone gives us one hundred and thirty-five dollars a month. <laughs> <laughs> we keep on saying one three five is our thing. That'd be Someone's a good just going to be like, "Yeah, I'll write that." Anybody with a lot of disposable income. <laughs> but we're talking today about Gladiator. It's the two thousand movie. The year 2000 movie by Ridley Scott. <laughs> Not the 2000th movie by Ridley Scott, though. God, it seems like it. <laughs> and this was a huge movie when it came out. Oh, yeah. Blaine, what were your first memories of this? Did uh, you see it in theaters? Yeah, I saw it in theaters. I think I Did, went... Were you a gladiator as a kid? <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I went to gladiator school. Right. Uh, it was very it was very nice. We learned how to tame lions and, uh, and how to hitch rides. Sounds good. Yeah, it was very nice. <laughs> no, I don't have a lot of like distinct memories seeing this movie, but I do remember it following Braveheart and that pantheon right. of movies, if you will. Historical of- swords. Of, yeah, of like taking a bit of history and then just pouring blood all over it. <laughs> I'm surprised Mel Gibson didn't make this movie, but, um. They probably asked. I think they did actually ask him. Oh, to make it? No, well, to be in it, to star as uh, Maximus. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, no, I need to get bloodier <laughs> if I'm in this movie. So yeah, I, I remember loving Braveheart. And so watching this, I was, I'm, I've never been a big, like, into Roman history. Have you been a history guy, like into Roman history and stuff? I like history, and sometimes I find myself reading about the Romans or some mm-hmm. really fascinating things. That was a big part of how the world was shaped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. a touchstone that we keep going back to in England, in America, you know, oh, in man. Nazi Germany. Well, I think we're going to be talking about a lot of politics this yeah. round. This is, <laughs> is going to be what, good. you don't like history? No, I, I Sounds like... Sounds like uh, somebody's doomed to repeat it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so smug over there with your coffee. No, I, I like history. I listened to a podcast about the Byzanti- uh, Byzantium, but the Byzantines. That they, like, Byzantine? Cons- yeah, that they consider themselves Romans for so long, and right. they codified laws like that are, have now transferred to us over the years and stuff. It's, it, yeah, that yeah, stuff's and interesting. Yeah, of course, like the Romans, you know, continued with like the Catholic Church and all that stuff, too. Oh, yeah, that so, was a big deal. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and so, uh, I don't know, I didn't really like... We know I, things. I, yeah, we know other things other than movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> history. Anyway, so I wasn't really big into into the Roman history, so watching this, I was like, this is interesting, but it's not, it's not quite my jam. I didn't, I don't know if I really liked it. I remember rewatching it in university and being like, oh, this is pretty great. Like the, the arc of the writing is, is pretty great. Uh, it's a long movie. Yeah. Which I noticed then as well as now. What did, when did you first see this movie, Rob? Well, I should mention that there is an extended cut, mm. which I know that I watched for it, this podcast. It's six hours long. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a three hour cut. So I'm not sure which one you actually watched, but it may have been that one. I'm not sure yeah. if the theatrical it was like cut was. I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I didn't see this in theaters, but I did see it at some point. I don't really remember. There was like a whole sort of glut of sword and sandals movies that sort of came out around the same time. Because oh, it was Troy. also yeah. Yeah, Troy, Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, yeah. That also Ridley, Ridley Scott? Scott? Yeah. And also... He just wanted to live in the past for a while. <laughs> well, the, the future didn't get much better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, yeah. Oliver Stone's Alexander. And I think Baz, uh, yeah. Baz Luhrmann complete his Alexander 
No, I don't no, think no, Baz Luhrmann ever did. Right. That. But anyway, so it was like everybody was talking about, you know, dudes and skirts and swords. So <laughs> right. I saw it, but I don't remember too much about it. And I didn't remember being too plugged into like the history about it. I remember it was a huge success, mostly because of like the violence. And so yeah. I think that might have been a turnoff for me because I'm a pacifist, mostly because I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> so or get eaten by a lion. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, there was a lion in this. There were some tigers. There was, no, your cat's playing. I thought there was a lion, wasn't there? I don't he think He said so. they feed you to the lions. Like, that's the classic thing that they did to the Christians, you know, yeah. later on. Yeah, but yeah. There was, like, some tigers. We'll get to that. Okay. But, oh so, I saw it. I didn't sort of, like, love it or anything like that. I would say it became more interesting for me when I heard about the Nick Cave script for the right. sequel. And you like Nick Cave. Nick Cave is a personal hero of mine. <laughs> if you're listening, Nick, uh, we'd love to have you on sometime. <laughs> yeah. So when I heard that he did this batshit crazy script for Gladiator 2, it just seemed so like out of the blue and perfect. Right. So I was eager to sit down and rewatch this to see what the great Nick Cave could take from that and make into right. his own. And uh, did you end up reading Nick Cave's script? I read parts of it, so we'll talk about it because oh, it is man. like, yeah. it is out there. Okay, well, let's dive into the film first. Can you run us down, Rob? I sure can. It sort of starts in... Germania. <laughs> it sort of starts in a very specific place. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Europe was a very general place at this time. Yeah, it's yeah. like a bunch of barbarian hordes. But the mm. Romans, they're like fighting the Germanian armies. They're like yeah. kicking some ass for, you know, sure. future retribution for World War II, even though the Italians weren't that great either. <laughs> but anyway, Maximus, Russell Crowe, is the general, and he's also like a great warrior. So he's like, you know, slicing and dicing. But and he's like, also a little like, he's a little over the fight. Uh, a little bit you know he he's, someone's like ah oh, we do that he's like why do we do this yeah we do this for rome and he's like but but this way well that's true. i don't know why he has an accent like that <laughs> it's not john club but yeah. this way uh but that's true he doesn't want to fight and in fact like after the battle's over after he's defeated the germans the emperor comes to him marcus aurelius and he's like what next and right. he's like there's nowhere left to fight I kind of just want to go back home with my family and uh, start a farm. Yeah, he's really into the farming. Yeah, the, the I'm family got goats <laughs> and a donkey. <laughs> the family is one thing, but the farming is a whole other thing for him. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I'd love to be more with my wife and kid, but like, ooh, that wheat. <laughs> <laughs> Need to get back to that wheat. Yeah, my stepdad was like that. It's <laughs> just yeah. out into the fields. But the king, the Caesar, he has like other plans because he's like dying, and he's, he's really old you can tell by the way he tries to breathe through every word yeah Yeah. this is richard harris who did macarthur park we also have this scene where his kids are like coming up in their little thing and they think joaquin phoenix the son is going to be like anointed the next caesar but the caesar's plan is he wants to give it back to the people he's like after holding power for so long i think that absolute power corrupts absolutely (laughs) so he wants to like make Maximus the next Caesar, and then yeah. he's going to give it back to the Senate, and then the people will have their power. It's a very noble thing to do. The, but you, I mean, there's a lot of analogous stuff to today, and America in particular. Like, this is like, it, Rome used to be good. Rome used to be <laughs> something great, and yeah. we can make it great again, is, is kind of his line of thinking. 
Well, I don't know, but he wants to. What what he wants to do is return the power to you know a more democratic sort of system. Yeah, for sure. Now he's like Rome wasn't built for this kind of thing. When he tells his son this, played by Joaquin Phoenix, the uh, the character's name is Commodus. He is <laughs> literally is named after a toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's part of the reason why you know, he decides to return the power to the Senate is because he doesn't think that his son can lead. I right. literally named him after a bathroom. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't my, very confident. My other son, Outhouse, I don't know if we can give the, the crown to him either. That would be bad. <laughs> and definitely not shitter over in the corner what there. What did they use to poop in Roman times? Did you just go in the aqueduct? <laughs> oh, God. That ain't clean. Yeah, so I don't know about much about Roman history, but I did when I went to Portugal, and they were in Portugal. They had aqueducts that would take water from mountains like hundreds of kilometers away to city. It's it's, it's all the Romans they could do. It's, it's they all did the that. Romans. They did it. You know. Nuts. Anyway, so when he tells the son, when he breaks the news to Commodus, he's not so happy, and he actually kills his dad with yeah. like a hug of death. It was. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like a Godfather thing. Instead of the kiss, it's a hug. Yeah, yeah. he like just like smothers him against his like breast. <laughs> this one breast. I think. Well, he's wearing like a very floofy breastplate, so it's yeah, probably yeah. like a lot to like. Yeah, you know, inhale in there. And he has like the the ugly he's crying too. While he does that. He's like, yeah, I'm walking. Yeah, but so he tells everyone that. The Emperor is dead and tells Maximus that the Emperor is dead. And, you know, Maximus knows that the Emperor had this plan for him to become ruler and then give all the power to the Senate. Yeah. He didn't want to be ruler anyway. But uh, Commodus is like... Your Emperor asked for your loyalty, Maximus. Take my hand. I only offer it once. And Russell Crowe's like, eh, nah. sort of, you know, to kind a of like, toilet. I'm yeah. not going to pledge allegiance <laughs> to a toilet. Not unless it's been a heavy night of drinking. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And then I'll bow down to one Vino, for sure. Vici, <laughs> where's it go? <laughs> I think it's exactly that. Yeah. So he exiles Maximus and uh, orders him to be, like, killed. Yeah, he says, t- ride until dawn, then kill him. Yeah. Bad news for Russell Crowe. But it's also kind of like... I don't know. A little bit of a Bond villain thing where he's like, hey, take him so far away. Everyone get really tired and then kill him. Uh, like, give him a lot of time to escape. Yeah. And to think about how he could, yeah. he could escape. How does he escape again? He, someone's about to like sword him in the neck. Right. In the back of the neck and the spine. And he headbutts them behind, right. which doesn't really make sense, like physically for him to be able to do that. Yeah. Like it was, it was done by like cutting. So you, you weren't, but I don't think the physics of it work, hmm. but neither do the physics of like throwing a broadsword like half a kilometer into someone's back. Yeah. <laughs> Which he it also looks did. It impressive though. It, well, yeah, exactly. It sounds impressive too. But he gets like sold into slavery. Yes. How does that happen? Let me tell you a story, Rob. Okay. No, he, he rides to his house because he oh, wants right. to save his wife and his kid. His wife, uh, 
an extra with no lines, and then his kid, who's uh, an Italian kid from Life is Beautiful, uh, <laughs> which is weird because... And death is beautiful. And, <laughs> and death, yeah. It's not. It's, no, it's not in this one. No, no. because the kid gets uh, Yeah, they, they like, you crucified. know, crucify them, yeah. like the Romans are wont to do. Yeah, they love that crucifixion. And then... They made a big trend of it, that's and they, for sure. And they burn them, and they burn... Uh, what's more... They burn the fields. Yeah. So he too. can't farm. <laughs> my wheat! <wheat-y! laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, you took my son and wife. Not the barley, too! <laughs> he has that speech in this where he like he says his name finally, and he's like, husband to a murdered wife, <laughs> father to a murdered son, farmer to a murdered wheat field. Like, I, I thought that would come up in it. Uh, it didn't, but he passes out after he digs their graves. Right. He's going to die. And then Jimin Husu, I think that's his, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Oh, right. But uh, but he, he comes with that traveling kind of cartel of people and, and picks them up. Right, that's right. And then he gets, yeah, and he, so he, he becomes like a slave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these, it's all these slaves who are sort of made to fight in all these battles to the death by this guy, Proximo, mm-hmm. played by the late, great Oliver Reed. And right. he was like late great even before they released this movie, <laughs> because he died three weeks before filming ended. Yeah, did you read about that? Yeah, well, I, and then I know that there are some scenes, like the scene where he gets killed uh, that they couldn't film, and they had to like do a lot of crazy editing. Yeah, around. Yeah. yeah. He, like, forces all these guys to fight in the arena, and they're basically, like, dead meat, but if they manage to survive, they can fight some more until they're dead meat. Yeah, because this this is all explained to, like, this scribe. He's like, I'm a, I'm just a lowly scribe. I, I can't fight. And he's like, the only way you're going to survive is by killing all of us. Yeah. He's like, well, I can't do that. Yeah. That guy represents people like you and me. Yeah. He urinates himself and then promptly gets sorted. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we would do in the ring? So that's what would happen. Well, I was thinking about it. Like, okay. weren't you, like, while you were watching this film, I don't know, the world's a crazy place. What right. if something happened? And Where we have to go into the Thunderdome. Could be zombies, could be whatever, right. you know, yeah. and we're forced to, like, fight each other to death. Yeah. You know? I, like, I have those things where I interact with, like, someone selling me a pack of gum. And, and that I, makes you pee yourself? No, and I say the wrong thing, and then I'm like, oh, I didn't react well. That was under pressure, and I didn't react well. <laughs> but it's like buying a pack of gum. I would crumble in, like, a life or death situation. Yeah. It would be bad. See, yeah. I think I would discover something about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so the first battle happens. Okay. And yeah, like the scribe dies. A bunch of people die. This guy with like spiked hair dies. Yeah, he really (laughs) did it up like the lead singer of Smash Mouth. Yeah. That was his hairstyle. But Russell Crowe does okay, and so does a bunch of other guys. There's like this big Germanic guy, and Jimon and Sue, neither of us can pronounce his name. They both survive, and they also like start to sort of like bond, Mm -hmm. um, which is good. Because that's how men bond, by killing. By killing. Yeah. (laughs) Remember that time that uh, we bonded? (laughs) We said we'd never speak of it again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so back in Rome... Back in Rome, the Senate wants Commodus to, like, you know, do a bunch of stuff for the people to, like, be, like, a responsible ruler. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we have, like, all this plague stuff happening over here, so we thought maybe you could get some basic sanitation in there or something. Right. I mean, you would be good at sanitation with a name like Commodus, but, yeah, yeah, he's not. No, he didn't think to invent that yet. (laughs) No. Instead, it was named in his honor. (laughs) 
But so like, he doesn't want to do any of like that stuff. He decides instead to like, you know, win the sort of respect of the people. He's going to hold like these games, 150 yeah. days of gladiatorial games. Yeah. I mean, we assume they're all gladiatorial. Some of them could be like, you know, they could be playing Monopoly in the, yeah. in the center. Yeah, or something Baccarat. Like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ramoli! Mario. Oh, that'd be great. Not, yeah. not Super Mario. This was just regular ancient Mario. <laughs> just one of the Italian slaves they got. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> So he's going to have these games, which causes Proximo to bring all of his slaves to Rome. Mm-hmm. So they're going to participate in these games in the Colosseum. And the Colosseum is f- full of, like, computer-generated people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which you can really tell. Well, that you do that when you fill seats. That's what the Oscars does, I'm pretty sure, now, too. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just putting in, like, old CG of actors in, into the seats. Yeah. Just projections. Why like, is Mickey Rooney beside Meryl Streep? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tupac's in the corner. What's he doing? <laughs> like, he's a hologram, man. It's fine. That would be weird, but I wouldn't be surprised. No, it would happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. They, like the Colosseum. I mean, that's like a major set piece in this movie. So yeah. we should give it like it's, it's due. It's due. Yeah. So like, I read that when Ridley Scott went to the actual Colosseum, he peed his pants. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. it still exists. I don't know if you know this, Blaine. Have you been to Rome? No, I have I haven't. I haven't been to Rome. Oh. I I have I have plans. Stupid, stupid Canadian. <laughs> What was that accent? Uh, that was supposed to be Italian. Yeah, that was. It wasn't. I learned my Italian from Super Mario. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's me. <laughs> That's awful. Maximus. <laughs> well, Maximus, this is a sidebar, but Maximus is a Spaniard. Yeah, that's right. Well, the he, Roman he doesn't sound Spanish to me. He sounds like what you did for an Italian accent. That's as close as his accent came. Well, I, yeah, I'm not sure what accent he's supposed he to He had an Italian-sounding kid. Because Russell Crowe is Australian. Yeah. Now, most Australians have really good accents. I mean, they're really like good the at doing accent. accents. But yeah. Russell Crowe always sounds like an Australian trying to, like, strangle out an American accent. It sounds like he's been karate chopped in the throat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm Maximus. But, I mean, the Roman Empire was vast, Blaine, and mm. so, like, it encompassed a variety of different territories. And also... Hey. And back then, the Italian accent could have been more like the American accent. I don't know. Accents changed. And the Spanish accent in Hispanola would have been completely different than what we think it is now. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, you know... Yeah, they should have done like the old, like, like Mel Gibson tried to like, it was completely in Latin, right? His, uh, his, uh, his yeah, and like Ar- really Aramaic. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. The Passion of the Christ. Well, yeah. okay. So Russell Crowe wanted to do like an Antonio Banderas accent. <laughs> Wait, really? Did yeah, he? he did. Oh, my and lord. I, I think he said it like that when he requested it from. I want to uh, go full Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't let you do that. Yeah. Can't let you do that. Why not just get into it over there? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I guess I'm making fun of him for not having an accent, but if he had done, like, a Spanish accent, I would have been like, that's horrible. Like, I would have made mu- more fun of him for that. Well, historically, like, none of, there's no accent that would have been historically accurate. Like, if you did an Italian accent for, like, a Roman, it would be not accurate because, like, everything yeah. has changed, language has changed, and, yeah. like, inflection has changed. I guess that's it's not as bad as like as Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where what's his nuts is just speaking in an American accent, where everyone else is British. I mean, it's it's weird because it's inconsistent. It is inconsistent. Yeah. Like, do you know there's that thing in English, the English language, where like it, I think it's called the, the great, vowel flip, the oh, great okay. vowel flip, or whatever. The great so, vowel movement is what it's called, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, every- and it fits in with our Commodus situation too. <laughs> 
Yeah. So like at some point, all of the English language, all the like the vowels got long, and all the long yeah. vowels got short. So like old English apparently sounds more like American English, and like American English sounds more like old English or something. I don't know. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Have you heard people speaking like the Chaucerian tales and stuff in, in old English? No. It's, oh, you know, I have heard it, some of that yeah, shit. It sounds really weird. It's like, Veerdy Rune. You're like, I don't even know what you're... It's, it's nuts. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. But let's not get... Let, that's no excuse for Russell Crowe. <laughs> there were no, <laughs> no Australians. No. <laughs> no, no, Russell Crowe is still... His accent is like... Uh, it's it's kind of an American accent, actually. He doesn't even stick to an Australian accent. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, who knows what it is. But yeah. so, they fight a big battle in the Colosseum. And like... So, the, it's supposed to be a historical battle. It's the battle... It's the Battle of Carthage. Yeah. And... Him and the other slaves are supposed to be, I think, the Carthaginians yeah. who lose. <laughs> right, yeah. And so they're all out there. They're sent out with like their shields and these dinky legionnaire spears. Yeah. And they don't know what's going to happen. They got the emperor up in the thing. Oh, and we haven't mentioned also there's the emperor's sister's kid. Oh, right. we haven't mentioned the emperor's sister, sister who like the emperor is having some serious creeping on. Yeah, the whole really thing. into. Yeah. Yeah. And also the kid. Well, uh, he gets very, maybe he's just a close talker. Cause he gets <laughs> close to both of them while know. they're sleeping. It's so maybe weird. he's, maybe he's not talking it's, to them at that point. This character <laughs> is not supposed to be like a morally upstanding person. No, he's one creepy character. And the Romans, I think, especially like the Roman emperors were sort of known for their like awfulness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but anyway, so it's like this big battle and they're supposed to lose. Yeah, and they and they don't because Maximus draws them all together, and he uses the shields to like stop the, the, yeah. the arrows. He uses his like battlefield command skills to like lead the men and yeah. like tell them to stick together. Yeah. And meanwhile, there's like all these like chariots like coming around. Yeah, it's like Spartacus times four. I, I love I love the moment where he's like where he's like anyone else been in the army? And everyone goes nah. <laughs> like, everyone's <laughs> like no. And one guy's like ah uh, yeah a little bit. He's like okay <laughs> you and me buddy. Yeah, he draws them all together. He becomes a leader that he always was. And for a guy who, you know, was kind of tired of killing and didn't want to kill, he decimates people. It's just yeah. a bloodbath. Well, he'll do it if he has to. We, we didn't mention there's the part, like, way earlier where, like, Proximo is like, don't just kill these guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to be entertaining. S- savor it. And then he <laughs> goes in and, like, kills a bunch of guys in, like, four seconds, and he does that famous line, yeah. are you not entertained? Yeah. And there's that one guy, the famous line, and he goes, yeah, I am, <laughs> in the background. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, <laughs> but I'm in the cheap seats. I don't know. I couldn't see it on the Jumbotron. Yeah, so... He wins that. He wins that, and there's that woman in the gold that gets split in half. Yeah, the one with the uh, breastplate. <laughs> God. You're making it very... Come on. Commodus right now. Very creepy. That's Rid- that's on Ridley Scott, you know? Yeah. I mean, I admire that he makes, like, a female gladiator. Yeah, yeah. That's, like... That's, that's cool. That's part of the quality. Yeah. You know, we should all be forced to die in the Colosseum. <laughs> but I mean, to objectify her by giving a molded golden plate with like, you know. Yeah. 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 But the sign you just did was bazooms. That's, <laughs> yes. that's the only, so, that's the only interpretation of that. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so they win and the emperor wants to speak to him. Yeah. And uh, he's been wearing like this mask. Just because, you know, they're just background. That's all. You know? Yeah. So he comes down and he wants to, like, see the champion, the Spaniard, the person who, like, led all these men. Now, this is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
see Maximus used to be the big guy, and big then soldier it was like a thing. And then, and then, yeah, and the bowel movement, and, yeah. <laughs> and so he can't show his face to this guy without killing case. him. Without killing him, but the guy brings his son out. Oh yeah, so he can't kill him in front of his son. Well, it's not his son. Well, it's uh, his. It's his sister's son. Right. But he's, like, treating him like he's his son. Yeah. Because he's treating his sister like a wife. Yeah. It's, weird. it's so cool. It's very weird. Yeah. So, yeah. But this, this part's amazing. Yeah. Because, like, we don't know what's going to happen. We assume, like, if he takes off his thing, he's going to be, like, summarily struck down. Right. Yeah. But he does. And, yeah, Commodus wants to kill him. Yeah. But the crowd is so for Maximus that yeah, he, he realizes... Him. That's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That he, he, if he kills him, he'll, like, lose all of his favor. So he's sort of, like, in a bind. Yeah. He has to, like, he, he puts out his hand to do, like, the judgment. The right. Famous, the famous judgment. Yeah, the hitchhiking. The Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, exactly, yeah. He's, and he's like, yeah. thumbs up. It's like an applause meter. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> it's really weird. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a thumbs up. There we go. I um, also like that Joaquin Phoenix, when he does this, he does this later when he executes a guy to death. He, like, does, like, the little, like, he does, like, the little, like, the dip fake up. Out? The and fake then, out. yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 that's acting. He's, like, a real son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, uh, so Maximus doesn't die. Because, it, so, do you, do you think that, like, after Ridley Scott's first movie, someone took him aside and was like, you can't just tell the story. You have to entertain. You have to entertain the audience. He was like, yeah, yeah, I do. What movie was that? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Ridley Scott's movies either fall into the great, yeah, like Blade Runner and Alien, or the tedious. Like yeah, yeah, like every Goodyear, alien movie. Every alien movie. Since, he's, since the first Prometheus. One. Yeah. Oh, God. Alien Covenant was the... Anyway. Yeah. Wish Russell Crowe was in that. <laughs> hey, alien. <laughs> that was an Arnold accent. Hey, alien. I'm Russell Crowe. I don't know how to do accents. Um, that was Hans in France. <laughs> So yeah, so so he goes back and he's kind of given a bit of a reprieve, and he he kind of sees his old uh, that guy that used to follow him around, his old uh, Cicero. Cicero, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about that after the break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, we're back. It's rewatchability. We're locked in combat with Gladiator. <laughs> and uh, we might be the ones to die. I'm going to die, for yeah, sure. For sure. <laughs> um, I, I never expected to live. No, there's like half an hour left of our lives. So, Maximus has become like this huge, like, legend. Yeah, a little and, bit of a folk hero. Yeah, that's right. And like, he's still got to fight in the Colosseum. Like, you know, he hasn't like won his freedom yet. But like, because like things are going on in Rome, there's 
things going on in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's the Senate that is trying to like everyone's kind of this is where it becomes very political. Yeah, that's and, like, right. The first Star Wars, like a Shakespearean. <laughs> Okay, you went Star Wars, I went Shakespeare. Yeah, no, that's fine. We okay. see where our heads are at. You yeah. know, um, I've read Julius Caesar. And, and I've seen the last interviews Jedi. with... Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it gets very political. Everyone's trying to backstab each other. Mm-hmm. Ides and March abound. Yeah, and like the sister wants to help out the Senate, and they want Maximus to help, but he sort of initially can't really do anything. But they plan to like buy his freedom from Proximo, and then after he sees like his friend Cicero, who says that he can get all the armies to sort of like fight for him, yeah. then... That's what they sort of try to do. So they do like a drop. Yeah. It's like an episode of The Wire. <laughs> they got like this Egyptian guy to yeah. like go wait over by the fountain. Yeah. Meanwhile, like Proximo is like, you know, waiting, like sort of looking at a window. There's another guy who's like, you know, sort of ready to like oh, go man. with it's the tense. money. It's a tense scene. Yeah, that's right. But they see like... They smell bacon. There's a Praetorian guard like yeah. right over the there. 5-0. The 5-0. Yeah, the is on right. them. Yeah. So they're like, the deal's off, man. <laughs> Proximo feels the heat and he bails. He like yeah. says it's too dangerous. So, you know, he's got to fight more in the arena and he fights yeah. this like big French guy. I-, I love that like any time in the story where they're like, oh, this is getting too political. It's like, no, just have him fight in the arena again. Yeah. Just, uh, so well, yeah. that's what we're paying for, right? Yeah. Well, we want to be entertained. Like, yeah. let's not, let's be honest about this movie. While it sort of like has this view about like, you know, oh, fighting and uh, being entertained by violence and death is wrong. It's right. We're, that's exactly what we're doing. Well, you know, the think, whole dramaturgy of the movie completely negates that. Oh, totally. Well, I think that the, the entire movie is kind of predicated on the fact that we're, we're watching a story about violence solving problems. Yeah. Like this guy kills so many people and that's how he solves his problems. And they're not like, they're not all like commodus, a weird, creepy, <laughs> Father killer. <laughs> yeah. Sister lover. <laughs> Crawling He's with He's just bacteria. trying to get on Game of Thrones. I know, so badly. But, you know, most of these people are just fellow slaves. Presumably, like, they've been rounded up by, you know, a lot of them are, like, common thieves. They, like, talk about how, like, they've already gone through all of, like, all the people on the streets. And- yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because this movie at heart is a Western I'd say because what? because it's about one man fighting in a vicious time in order to secure peace afterwards. Like the the Western hero has to like hang up his guns at the end of the movie because he no longer belongs in the society that he mm. cre- created that's peaceful. Interesting. So like this is like the guy he has to like die in the end because he can no longer it's live. A, a spaghetti Western takes it's, place in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> the Italian food joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. Yeah, so I, that's that's what I think this movie that's is. That's interesting. And uh, and but but it's 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 mired in violence. And though it says, you know, we're trying to create a better world, that's the problem with westerns I feel too is that you, eh, to create a peaceful world always needs violence in these movies where like in our society that kind of hasn't been how it how it is. It's true. Violent assholes love westerns. <laughs> I mean, you know, kind of, like sometimes. Yeah, yeah like the Coen brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, good westerns are, like, you know, it's a great genre. Yeah, yeah. like the Coen brothers and, like, like everybody's done, like, great westerns. Yeah. Elmore Leonard yeah. and, you know. But I, the, the western is, is is also built on the back of the anti-hero, right? Yeah. So, like, in this you have Maximus who is, like, 
a horrible human being. He like kills so many people. Yeah. And he's not, he's not a good person. No. He doesn't find a way to try to come about his situation peacefully or through <laughs> cunning. Talk to Proximo and be like, Hey, couldn't we just like put on a play or something? <laughs> Plays are pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm an actor from Australia, so I can help you out. Yeah. So. I I don't know. I think that that's uh, that's interesting. The, the, yeah, the whole antihero. It's thing the same is, as like war movies as well. Yeah, like, you know. Well, and I heard a really interesting thing about antiheroes. The Glenn Mazzara from was, The Walking Dead. Yeah, like a conference I went to. He was talking about antiheroes, and he said that they were the cop shows and the westerns on TV were all built around antiheroes because TV was used to sell cars to middle-aged men and they were right. all had come back just come back from the war in the 50s uh, right. and so they wanted to feel they had blood that, on their hands that like violence was still a useful tactic they wanted to feel that huh. and so that's why they had these shows like fed into that kind of like Mentality. horrible masculinity yeah wow yeah shit it got real here on rewatchability. But uh, they're great. They're great movies. I really do like westerns too. So yeah. that's fun. Yeah. So they eventually give the money to Proximo and like they're going to sell him and he's like he has this freedom. So he's yeah. about to escape, but it turns out that Commodus is on to him oh, and he like knew. he has a whole speech about a little bird being or is, was it a bird no a bee something like that yeah birds and the bees he was yeah. just telling his sister about the birds and the bees <laughs> no he, he was saying like it's who's been a busy little bee with like her son in his lap being like I'll kill the person that you love kind of thing oh yeah that was yeah. creepy but also I was like is, does this analogy work <laughs> yeah it was it was a real extended metaphor but, like <laughs> a five minute extended metaphor it, yeah. was, <laughs> it was really long even the kid was like looking up at him being like I don't know if you're metaphor works anymore (laughs) you shouldn't have killed that scribe maybe (laughs) I have a metaphor for that (laughs) Um, let me clean up my loincloth anyway he he kills everyone Uh, right he like gets the guard to kill everyone he kills the the slave owner well yeah they make like yeah he kills a slave owner they make like a glorious like uh you know try to escape a bunch of his like friends die in battle and he gets like captured yeah and he's going to be made to fight in the uh, coliseum one last time yeah against the ultimate warrior (laughs) (laughs) yeah the caesar <laughs> a commodus. Commodus is gonna fight. Yeah. Him. And so like you're like, okay, well this could be okay. But you're like, you know it's not gonna be a fair fight. Commodus no. does not seem like a fair fighting sort of fella. Well no, he's he's smarter than than Maximus, so he's gonna use his head I don't uh, think he's smarter. I think he's a little bit smarter. He's just more conniving. He like figured out Maximus's plan. I'd say he's like the Lex Luthor to Maximus's Superman. He's I don't like know. the guy that can only use his head. I think anybody with a GED could figure it out. You know, <laughs> and like they had a lot of those back then. <laughs> that's true. It's probably would be a step up, you know, right. for for Commodus. He's probably right. still looking to go back and get his education. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like I think. Maximus just doesn't have many options. He's in chains. He's a prisoner. Yeah. His only option is basically to fight mm-hmm. or like he has this like one thing that he can do to like escape and he gets figured out. But that was like, one of the risks all along. You know, yeah. he didn't get like, you know, fooled. No, was, like, you know, this might happen. I might get fucked over. <laughs> doesn't matter. It's this or go die in the arena. Yeah. He didn't have many options, but I I still say that Commodus is like kind of smart to figure it all out. Okay. All right. Uh, so, anyway, so he fights Commodus, but before he does. Yeah. Commodus comes up to him and he, uh, he has like a little bit of speech. We'll just play a clip of that. Striking story. 
Now the people want to know how the story ends. Only a famous death will do. What could be more glorious than to challenge the Emperor himself in the great arena? You would fight me. Why not? Do you think I'm afraid? I think you've been afraid all your life. Unlike Maximus the Invincible, who knows no fear. <laughs> Are you a man who once said death smiles at us all? All a man can do is smile back. I wonder, did your friend smile at his own death? You must know. He was your father. You loved my father, I know. But so did I. That makes us brothers, doesn't it? Smile for me now, brother. <laughs> And stabs him in the back. Oh, no. Knew it. How symbolic. Yeah, really, really Shakespearean. Yeah. So Maximus has got to fight Commodus with this, like, wound. Yeah. And he's, like, staggering. He's not doing well. He's dying. He's, he's yeah. bleeding out. He's dying. The wound has been covered up, so it looks like a fair fight. And it still is a fair fight, because Commodus can't fight. He can't. Uh, yeah, and he's still... Maximus is still better than Commodus. Yeah, and he's by, like, even, a long shot. Yeah, the guy is hallucinating and still fighting Commodus. So uh Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of seeing his like little little son. Yeah, he's seeing like bits of Elysium. Yeah. Yeah. And they like do a big old sword fight for a like a long time. And, yeah. Uh, it's lengthy. And then his sword gets like knocked away and he can't get to classic. it. Classic. And the one guy that was by Maximus' side at the beginning that betrayed him now steps back. He won't help the Emperor. Right, that's right. He's a little like, bit of loyalty. He's the one that before the Emperor irked him by, like, you know, shooting a bunch of these guys who lied about Maximus being dead. Yeah. And <laughs> it seems, oh, like, amazing yeah. because, like, he has, like, the guys lined up to be executed by bow and arrow and Commodus just, Earlier like, in the movie, yeah. Yeah, earlier in the movie. He's just, like, sort of, like, goes between them like he's like giving them like a bro hug or something <laughs> yeah yeah he's like night out of the town after a bachelor party he's like yeah you should shoot these guys he's like give the order and so the guy gives the order and he like executes them with like the emperor like standing right between them if i was one of those archers i'd be like emperor right? can you can you just kind of step to the side just to the side a little bit i wouldn't be stepped to the side i would be like <laughs> just aim it over a little bit. For people who are listening, I moved the bow and arrow and shot the emperor. <laughs> That's what whoop means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway. Do you think that you could do that? Like, think about, okay, I'm always thinking about, like, when society falls to hell right. and we're, like, forced to, like, pledge allegiance to tyrants or whatever. Yeah. Are you ready to, like, take the shot at the emperor? Well, that's there's a there's an apocryphal story about uh, Hitler and about Hitler's barber. I knew this was going to be about Hitler, <laughs> <laughs> but Hitler's barber apparently. Well, so the story goes, was a Jewish guy, and uh, he gave the best haircuts, but he'd also shave, and so he had a straight razor against like Hitler's throat every day. But he wouldn't, as a, as a Jew, he said he wanted he he could he would kill Hitler in a second. He would slice his throat open, watch the soup spill out. But uh, that's a very violent image. There's soup? Yeah, yeah, it's awful. But then... Uh, what kind of soup is that? <laughs> tomato? I don't know. Oh. Yeah. But then as a barber, he had an oath 
to to not hurt his his client who's the in his barber's chair. oath the, bar, the barber's oath the Hippocratic barber's oath <laughs> I wish the last person who did my haircut took that oath <laughs> it hurt a lot yeah um, yeah I've never gotten a straight razor shave that like didn't bleed profusely have you ever gotten a straight razor shave no no I don't yeah I, don't do that I don't trust it's, those people <laughs> those people barbers <laughs> okay that's fair yeah anyway so. Yeah, that question's been asked again and again, and I don't know whether, I mean, I, I just don't know whether killing someone is going to make things right. I know, it's true. And if you think about, like, contemporary situations, even when things are bad, you're like, well, violence is never the answer. Plus, you just get, like, a power vacuum where, like, another tyrant will sort of rush in, and there's, like, and you get always saying, a guy who's worse somehow. <laughs> yeah, somehow. Like, yeah. you think the guy who's in power is worse, like George W. Bush. We're like, there's never going to be a worse president than George W. Right. Bush. And, and then, like, even with the current president, it's like, well, there's Pence waiting in the wings. <laughs> like, you know, pray for Trump's health. Oh, uh, so, yeah, anyway, I just think that, like, yeah, it's never quite the answer. And, as Commodus says... You make a martyr of someone if you kill them. That's true. Yeah, that's they, true. They learned that from Jesus. I think that's well, what the Romans learned it from. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet they haven't. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, yeah. Anyway, so he kills Commodus. Yeah, and he's too wounded to yeah. live, and yeah. so well, he has a Jesus-like hole in his side. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you Astute. go, dude. Yeah, good. Good knowledge of uh, <laughs> Christian imagery. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm very touched that you know. Thank he he no. dies. He goes to Elysium and he's like, yeah, make the, uh, make the Senate thing happen. Like, yeah, yeah. And then when he's in Elysium, he wakes up and is like, oh, I'm in, I'm in a new movie now. <laughs> Which is Nick Cave's script. Yeah. Well, that's like, I mean, it didn't, they never made Nick Cave's script. No. So it didn't happen. So the movie ends with him reunited with his family and it's happy and everybody's right. happy. Yeah. Reunited with his family. Like in death. They're all dead. Yeah, I know. But I mean, like, we're all going to die. It does have that kind of nice scene with uh, Jamin Husu, who, like, is like, Yo, I'll, right. see, I'll see you soon, but not yet. And he buries, like, the two little action Yeah, the figures. figures. Yeah, yeah, of his wife and son. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 So, what about rewatching this time? Did you, did you like it? I think there's a lot of, like, really good stuff in it. I, I think that, like, it takes, like, a good view of, like, the Roman sort of era. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not sort of historically accurate because, yeah. like, Commodus didn't kill Marcus Aurelius. Commodus wasn't killed in the Colosseum by Maximus. Right. You yeah. know, he was, like... Cicero didn't die that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I believe that he was a famous orator for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, but the scribe that's like getting it could have killed. been a different Cicero. It could have, yeah, it could this have was been Dave Cicero. <laughs> oh, you know, old Dave Cicero. Yeah. He can fix your Miata. Oh, that's Fine. it's Tommy Flanagan though from uh, Sons of Anarchy. He's great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's so I like I like the like the way that they sort of synthesized like the Roman era and it looked yeah. good. Um, I think like we wa I did watch the extended cut, so yeah. I you know I think maybe like the other one might be a little bit sort of easier to take. I watched the extended cut too, and I think it was just way too long. Yeah. It, like, I appreciate director's cuts for sure, and sometimes they save the movie, but uh, there's a lot of, like, books that come out. Like, Stephen King, every one of his books has now come out like an unabridged version, and the abridged version is always so much better, in my opinion. Yeah. It's like an editor went at it. Someone who knows how to, like, shape a story and work with the writer. So, uh, you know, a producer went, went at the movie and an editor did too. And a whole team was like, this is the cut we should release. And then a director came along and was like, nah, 
this is it. It's it's like but an hour longer. This. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What about the scene where he eats this? <laughs> the date scene where he eats a lot all those dates. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you're right. It is it is sort of too long. But I there is like a lot of uh there is stuff that I like. Like I like I like most of like the characters and you know, I think that like even though it's sort of like a typical story, like the sniveling sort of like, you know, heir that doesn't really deserve to be king. Like, that was exactly like Braveheart. Yeah. Except they sure. threw him out of a window. Yeah, right. Defenestration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, th- yeah, this is exactly... Th- this story is not a unique story, even for the time in which it was told, like 2000. It was very... It was boring for movies left, right, and center yeah. around it. But I like, like... I think, like, the political sort of aspect to it, which... I'm sure, like, most people didn't even notice because they were too busy watching Russell Crowe, like, slice people in half. Right, yeah. But I, I kind of think that, like, it sort of makes it because it's not, like, era-specific. Like, I'm sure it meant something different in the year 2000 when that came out. Right. But it's sort of, like, it sort of does remind us about some of the tyrants in our society <laughs> and how we have to move back to a democracy <laughs> and not to let these people take power and claw yeah. back at the constitution yeah. <laughs> yeah people that wouldn't even visit battlefields uh, themselves and stuff like that yeah for sure but also like people who use entertainment as a distraction so that they can oh you know, my god you're so right Commodus was like the first reality TV star exactly yeah he was like so Watch funny. a bunch of, bunch of people die so that you're not paying attention to all the people who are dying of plague over here. Yeah. And then he goes, you're fired. He, like, <laughs> kills someone on screen. Yeah. It's such, that's so funny. Just like the way that he did to Spicer. Right, Trump, spicy. Like Trump, or, Trump killed Spicer live <laughs> on national television in the briefing yeah. room. <laughs> we'll fight to the death, brother. Stab. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's. I, I mean, it is kind of really interesting watching it in that context. Yeah, and seeing a lot of that there stuff. is some weird stuff in this. There's some kind of weird stuff that I never saw before. Did you re- did you hear that thing where uh, the the slave master was like was like, no, I don't want any slaves from you. The guy's like, no, no, I'll, I sold you all those animals. And he's like, you sold me, you sold me two giraffes. They don't mate. You sold me queer giraffes. Yes, that is the thing I was referring to. <laughs> the gay giraffe thing. What's that? <laughs> what is that about? I, Ridley Scott just decided he needed a queer giraffe joke. <laughs> now that is not to say. That giraffes, because there is lots of homosexuality in the animal kingdom. Yeah, yeah, because homosexuality but, is is a part of nature. Yeah, but you know, I'm saying Proximo should celebrate those queer giraffes. <laughs> <laughs> they should do it like a giraffe drag show or something. It's just such people a... people in the Coliseum would like that. <laughs> Can you imagine like the edit where the producer comes in and is like, I don't know about the queer giraffes, man, and uh, <laughs> and uh, really Scott's like. No, no, no. They're staying in. He's like, that was actually the only thing that he put in for the extended cut. He's like, I'm putting in my queer giraffe joke. <laughs> like, that's the hill he's going to die on? It's got legs and a neck. <laughs> long, long legs. This can travel. So weird. I I could talk about the gay giraffe thing for so long. It's so weird. Yeah, it was way out of nowhere. Yeah. Because I, I like I heard it and then I was like, but, but what? And I had to like rewind to to look at it again. It's like, no, he does say queer giraffes. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how the actor did that without like being like, what's my motivation? Do I have to say this, Ridley? Yeah. 
Oh, man. So funny. Um, Can I say giraffes that are part of a loving homosexual couple? <laughs> giraffes that understand each other. It's like any other giraffe. Ridley. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that was weird. Okay, yeah. so we should talk about the Nick Cave script because it's Yeah, I, I want to hear about it. I want to hear about it. It's, um, it's, it's about he, he kind of wakes up in Elysium. Well, so let's the backstory behind Nick Cave writing this script is Nick okay. Cave wrote. I thought you were going to be like the backstory behind the second script. I was, that's the first script, Rob. That's <laughs> <laughs> No, but, but the backstory behind why he wrote it. Well, so Nick Cave wrote this amazing movie called The Proposition. Yeah. Uh, which was so good. You know, sort of like gained a little bit of attention. And it's kind Russell of an indie Crow, darling, like Festival Darling. Yeah, especially yeah. in Australia. Yeah, and that was a Western. Nick Cave and Russell Crowe are both from. Yeah. So yeah, Russell yeah. Crowe, I guess he was like buddies with Nick Cave, got mm-hmm. to know him somehow. Well, he's a singer too. That's right. Yeah. 40 Feet of Grunts. Is, oh, is that what I'm waiting called? for that Grunts Bad Seeds tour right now. <laughs> oh, God. So he apparently asked Nick Cave to write this Gladiator 2 script, and Nick Cave was like, uh, well, wait, isn't, uh, didn't Maximus die at the end? <laughs> and Russell Crowe's like, yeah, well, you figure it out. <laughs> oh, God. So Nick Cave. That sounds like Russell Crowe. Sat down and wrote this script. So this is what happens. This is the. You figure it out. Synopsis, sort of, of Gladiator 2, Christ Killer. Was it called Christ Killer? Not officially called Christ Killer, but. Yes. <laughs> because, like, what happens is after the events of Gladiator, yeah. Gladiator wakes up in purgatory. I love that we're just going to call him Gladiator now. He's in purgatory. This guy is like, he leads him on. He's like, you didn't go to Elysium, and plus your wife's not there anyway because she made this deal to, like, she wouldn't go to Elysium if your son could, like, live out the rest of his days on Earth. Okay? Oh, that's cool. So he brings him to purgatory, and that's where, like, all the roaming Wait, gods. so his son was around? He's, his son's alive. So his son was alive the entire time as a gladiator. So, he, anyway, so he brings them to the gods, the Roman gods, and they're, like, all weakened because there's yeah. this, like, new figure which has been gaining a lot of attention and a lot of, like, followers. And they want Gladiator to go back and kill this guy. And that man is Jesus Christ. Holy Shit. Yeah. That's an amazing idea for a movie. So. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I think what happens. No, it's crazy. It's batshit crazy, but also kind of fun because it's a little like, uh, it's a little like American gods. They're like, the gods are like, ah, these new gods are taking over. Yeah, it's very much like American gods or Sandman. Yeah. So that's cool. Give props to Neil Gaiman for that. But so apparently, I believe what happens is, I could be wrong. So he, I believe he like, Kills Christ. Oh yeah, and then finds out that what? Jesus, yeah, was his son, <laughs> or something like that. Wait, so the little boy from uh, this is be- life is beautiful is Jesus? I believe so. I'm gonna fact check it. His whole son, his whole son, all of them was Jesus, but like the whole time. His son was Jesus, and all he wanted to do was was farm. Yeah. He didn't care about that kid. But so... So that kid invented tables and chairs. That's really cool. (laughs) That's really awesome. That's right. Yeah. But then, so it ends in, like, this big, like, thing where, like, you know, he leads his, like, men into battle once again, and then it sort of, like, flashes into, like, all these different scenes of 
Maximus leading his men into battle in different eras, like at Tripoli or whatever, okay. in like World War Two, and then in like Vietnam, and then like in contemporary times. So he's become like this like warrior spirit, which like lives on. Wow! And that's like Gladiator Two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Yeah. Wow! He killed Jesus Christ. Yeah. Antihero. I guess a little so. bit. Yeah. I just want to hear like the badass Nick Cave songs that he wrote like for this on the way. Oh man. You know there's got to be like a soundtrack album. Yeah. Or if it was a musical, that would be great. Well, Russell Crowe thinks he can sing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A Rob. yeah, we get Eddie Redmayne in again. Sing yeah. like a frog. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it yeah. That'll be great. I want to see that movie. Yeah, well, I don't think they're going to make it cuz Nick Cave showed it to Russell Crowe and he was like you're insane. Did you read the script? And he was like, didn't like it, man. And Nick K was like, what about the ending? And he was like, didn't like it, man. <laughs> what about the ending? <laughs> Just the hope of the writer. But you didn't like the whole script. What about the ending? <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Oh, man. I don't know how anyone would read that and and not just just hug I think, that man that wrote it. I think something will happen. I think it'll be, like, live read or, like, staged by, like, some, like, fringe company yeah. or something. It's, like, too it's too beautiful to, to let die, I yeah. think. No, that'd be amazing. Like, the spirit of Marcus. Wait, the spirit of Maximus. Yeah. Oh, can't die because he's in Vietnam. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, yeah. so- well, they've done that before. Like Jim Henson had a had a movie script uh, that never got made called Sands of Time or something. They made a, a oh yeah a, um, a graphic novel out of it. Yeah, so maybe they can make a, a graphic novel out of this. Could happen. Yeah, yeah, could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Gladiator. Yeah, uh, Blaine, and- d- did you think this was rewatchable? Oh God, you know, I really didn't get the first time that like this is a character that all he does is solve problems with violence, and yet the movie's asking us to like believe in peace i don't know it, uh, uh, it's it's hard because but don't also, you think violence is sometimes the answer uh god i mean the uh, exception proves the rule probably but like no uh, you're a monster <laughs> um, for that you have to fight in the coliseum <laughs> oh damn it not again i thought i deserved my freedom no i uh, so I like it. I think it's a well-made movie. The I had never seen this extended version before, and watching the extended version, don't watch the extended version. It's that's, probably like all that exists. That's not rewatchable. If you can get like the the feeder version, the version that I watched a few years ago, I liked that version. I, I thought it was a kind of a well put together movie, well made movie. I, th- I thought it's Russell Crowe's best role. He is really good. He's he's all right. He's all right. And you know, he's he's done his other good roles are like uh, LA Confidential and stuff like that. Yeah. Where he like really shines. And I think he shines as someone who is a bit of a psychopath who like yeah. uses violence. He's Well, he, he sort of is yeah. a bit of a psychopath who uses violence. Like, didn't he like hit a guy with a phone? Oh, is that Russell Crowe? I think so. I thought Are you was- not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> the phone's still ringing. <laughs> Are you not it, like answering it? I know he's had problems with violence. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that you need to be a violent person to be believable using violence in movies. <laughs> no, it probably but doesn't hurt. It, yeah, if it comes natural to him, that that probably it probably doesn't hurt. Except for the yeah. person that <laughs> you're <laughs> Russell Crowe's with. Yeah. Anyway, so I think there's like a lot of good things in this, and you know. 
the fights are great. They're really entertainingly put together. They're really yeah. well choreographed. For sure. And yeah, I I just, the whole palace intrigue stuff didn't really do it for me this time. I think there was a lot more in the extended version. And uh, and so I'd say it's mildly rewatchable, even though when I first watched it and, and watched it a little while ago, I, I quite enjoyed it. So you're taking with that, you're, with that you're taking caveat. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Well, see, actually, that was one of the historical inaccuracies in this movie. Thumbs down meant, you know, sheathe your swords, grant mercy to this person. Right. Thumbs up meant kill, kill them. them. Yeah, yeah. So you're actually, killing it. Yeah. So actually, you just you said it's very rewatchable. Damn it. Yeah. Um, what did you think? I thought it was rewatchable. Okay. I I enjoyed it. I found the yeah the intrigue stuff. I mean, people who watch Game of Thrones are probably tired of that shit or get you know way too much. Yeah. Of that. Um, also to mention, Commodus was sort of like one of the models for Joffrey, the right. actor used. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm sure he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but of uh, sniveling and incest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so, I, yeah, I thought it was rewatchable. I mean, the fight scenes are really well choreographed. It does sort of like go against this message, but I mean, that's the paradox of like these movies. The only way to make a movie that's, that's actually about anti-violence is to make a movie that's not violent but nobody wants to pay to see that you no. can't you can't sell anti-violence you know <laughs> yeah Come see russell crowe put his sword <laughs> as <down>. gandhi <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. that would be cultural appropriation i mean it wasn't really even good when uh what's his face played it yeah but he's he's a quarter indian so a quarter i know it's not that great yeah Anyway, yeah. so I'm saying it's rewatchable. So it's sort of it's sort of like halfway there. Yeah, I'd say. It's a minor Ridley Scott yeah. classic. Yeah, uh, and I I'd say it's probably more rewatchable than whatever was going to come of this that second script. <laughs> that was going to be nuts. I'm sad it didn't happen, but uh but that was going to be a bad day. I mean, there's still time. Ridley Scott goes back to everything. Yeah, oh god, I you know. know. Yeah. He's like, is there a way I can get Michael Fassbender in this? <laughs> yeah. He can play Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus' son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which no, I'm that's sure is Billy Crudup. Okay. Anyway, so that's rewatchability for this week. You can follow us on Facebook. You can like us on Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. You'll get us every week. There'll be like a pop-up on your phone being like, there's a new rewatchability and they're watching this movie now. Mm-hmm. Maybe can, they have can, a guest. You can see who's in our Coliseum. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Get in the ring. <laughs> and then we want to thank our sponsor, HelloFresh. And uh, anything else? No, that's it. That's it. Just... Okay, choose your weapon, Blaine. <laughs> I, I'm going to pick this trident. Okay, I'm going to take this axe with a way longer handle than your thing. Oh, damn it. Why yeah. did I pick the shortest trident? <laughs> this is like a cocktail It's an honor trident. to die today. Oh, God damn. No, no, Rob, Rob! <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.